Alrighty, folks. I don't know what uh, what's going on here, but somehow I'm doing a podcast without Hillary. <laughs> and uh, James and I doing a podcast all by ourselves. Yeah, so, it might not go well, huh? Yeah, this may go horribly <laughs> wrong, but we're going to give it a shot and see how it rolls. Um, I know uh, one thing I will not ever do is a solo podcast. I've decided. <laughs> Talk to yourself. I know he'll, <laughs> almost every other day, he'll tell me to try to, or not to try, but go do a solo podcast, talk about something. It's just not something I'm good at. But um, yeah, so we have James, Sly, Sylvester, rolled into town yesterday, and um, which means we are getting ready to go on a hunt or two. Yep. And then you head home and then you come back and yep. we do another one. Do another one in November. Another one in November. Um, hopefully a big mountain epic trip. But um, before that, it's elk season. So we have we have some work to do. We got a big 10-dayer coming um, down tomorrow. We're, we're taking off for our, our trailhead tomorrow and meeting up with three other gentlemen and we're going to go in and try to make magic happen in the elk woods. Um, we did a hunt real similar to this last year, and uh, with our good buddy Jaden Bales yep. and Cody Simons, and it was a good it was a good time. Um, really wasn't sure what to expect on that one. I don't know what you were expecting on that one, but it was kind of a new area, new country, new state. Uh, that we weren't real familiar with and we went in there and kind of had a an idea of you know where we were going we did a lot of map work and all that but um you know we had a caller in Jaden and Jaden wanted to call in basically a bull a good bull any bull um and uh and the plan was for me to try to put my tag on it so Long story short, that's what ended up happening. It wasn't a giant bull or anything like that, but it was a really fun hunt, how it went. Um, you know, I think, I'm pretty sure that was the first bull Jaden had called in, and uh, and we all got to kind of watch it as the whole thing went down. You were taking photos, and Cody was shooting video and, and all that, and it was pretty pretty good experience. It didn't really take us, I don't know, I think we are on day five or something like that of the hunt last year where when that went down, I think we had eight, 10 days carved out for it. Yeah. But, um, that bull just felt right. So I ended up letting an arrow fly and, and we ended up packing out a lot of elk meat. So, um, real similar hunt this year, a little bit different group of guys, but, um, yeah, James is here. And what we thought we would do is, uh, well, talk a little bit about what we got coming up. And then also, we're going to go through all our gear and talk about what's in our packs. Um, as much as it seems like this gets overdone and talked about, uh, gear always seems to like invite the most questions. Uh, it's, it's, it's a never ending supply of questions from people asking about what gear. Um, I'm, I don't know. You probably get the same thing, whether it's your, your pack, uh, what's in it or your camera gear. I do. But, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of questions from what air pad to sleeping bags to, 
um, backpacks to whatever med kits, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to go through it, try not to drag this out too long. Cause that's just not how you and I roll. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we usually like to do short answers on these things, uh, not talk too long. So this may be a very short podcast, but, um, yeah, you got anything to say to start this thing out or? Um, not really, but pretty much with the photo side, you're packing for backpacking. So you need all your essential gear there and then you need all your photography gear to be able to go with you as well. So you're going to need a big pack mm -hmm. and you're going to need to be in some shape because. <laughs> and that's uh, why we like you Sly, because you're <laughs> always in shape and uh, you're like our Sherpa. It, it's, uh, it's great because you have to carry a lot of extra weight with your camera gear. Yeah. Um, now, you know, we have weapons and we can't seem to get you to carry a weapon. So, <laughs> um, you just go with the camera gear and let us do the shooting. And that's nice of you. <laughs> yeah. It's been working out honestly. Cause, um, yeah, I've been focusing on the photography side of things and I'm able to go on these epic hunts and trips and, yeah. um, with a job, a task at hand and kind of focus on that. But yeah, definitely I'll have to get tagged one of these days and, Put an animal down for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and hopefully that stops people from asking me why you're not hunting. <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> for me, I've just been focused on the camera side of things. And, um, you know, I've gotten some opportunities with some companies. And so mm -hmm. I just like to focus on that for right now and make sure that I do that job. And um, hopefully next year I'll be able to put a tag in my pocket and yeah. we'll do a hunt for sure. Yeah, because in the olden days, way back, you used to, uh, you know, we'd hunt together and you'd actually put tags on animals yeah. at the same time. Yeah, and it is nice. I know. It's I need great. To, I know. For sure. <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, it would be hard. Like, James uh, James is still residing in Washington State Yep. Um, with his wife, Amy, and two daughters. And... Uh, as always, when you come out here, we try to convince you to stay here and move the whole family <laughs> out to the great state um, and leave that leave that god-awful place over there, <laughs> Washington. But, um, yeah, so James, uh, sometimes you drive out here. Sometimes you fly, which you did this time. Yeah. Sometimes you even take a bus. Took a bus last time because I waited too long to buy tickets and mm -hmm. I ended up taking a bus. And How'd that go for you? It actually, it worked out fine. It was great. But like this time, my plane ticket was just as much as my last bus ticket pretty much. And it was way easier and nicer. So right, <laughs> try to right. do that from now on if I can, for sure. And I'm guessing the planes are probably pretty clean and because with COVID going on, I feel like everything like that transportation wise. Yeah. It was a lot cleaner than the bus. That's probably. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> they probably uh, disinfect extra, extra hard yeah, on those planes. They did. Um, but I'm assuming you probably had to wear a mask getting over here. I did. I wore one pretty much from the time I hit the airport till the time I stepped out of the, the uh, airport here in Montana. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, you mentioned your, your backpack, like you said, out of the gates, you require a big backpack, like as yep. many cubic inches. I think you're like, like myself. Um, we both run the same pack. It's, uh, we run that stone glacier 7,900. Yeah. I love it. And it's, um, I'm always, you know, people think that it's really big and it is, but, um, we seem to fill them up pretty much every trip. So yeah, 
I think it's different. There's so many guys out there that are okay with say a 3,500 or even a 5,000. Yeah. But, um, and that's great because it is, there's a little weight savings there. There is. But, um, the 10 dayers, the eight, 10, 12 dayers, that's really hard to tackle with such a limited amount of cubic inches. Um, now sure. you can always, you can always break your pack away from the frame and you can, you know, put a stuff sack in there and carry a bunch of, you know, like bulky stuff there. But, um, I don't know. I like keeping everything tight to the back streamline. Uh, these packs, they go kind of straight up and, for 10 days, the amount of bulk in the food, two pounds of food a day. Um, yeah, it's some weight, but it's bulkiness that gets you for sure. So when we're doing a 10 day or we have a lot of gear, you carry a lot of extra camera gear. Um, and then all that bulk, it does, it fills it up. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think you could fill up a almost 8,000 cubic, but we end up filling it up. For sure. I've definitely strapped stuff to the outside of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yep. And especially on the late hunts, um, you know, sometimes we're carrying rafts or something extraordinary like that right. where um, it's just nice to have the space. So, and quite honestly, guys will ask the question, why so big? Even, are you taking that on even a two or three day hunt? Um, honest answer is we don't do a whole lot of two to three days anymore. Yeah. But if I did, I would still take this pack. Um, if you're a cheapo and you only want one pack, why not have a big the one that pack? can do it all it pretty can, much? It does. And it, you know, it's a day pack if you want it to be a day. It pack. compresses really well. I mean, right. You know, cause every day, some days we do carry around all our gear, but some days if we leave stuff hanging somewhere, mm -hmm. we'll run our packs pretty much you know, slim down with, um, a day's worth of food and just like your basic essentials for hunting. And, um, we run around the mountains like that and it's just fine. Yeah. I mean, it's like most packs, they all have the compression side straps. It just yeah. tightens up into a really nice tight package when, when you want it to. So, um, you know, you take it on a two day or you can take it on a 12 day or, and you're all covered. Um, and you're not switching out two, three packs. Right. So that's just what, I think both of us prefer, I know Brian is the same way. He has bumped his up to the 7,900. Um, I don't see change in that anytime soon nope. unless they make an 8,400 <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. But it, it, there's not like a big, uh, you know, there's nothing, it's not like an extreme amount of weight going from like a 6,400 to a 7,900 it's such a minimal amount of weight that I'm not worried about it. And I think the advantage is, um, is great enough that, uh, I'll take that every time over cramming my stuff in there and really suffering for, for space. Yeah. Me as well. I like having that big pack Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll start off with you. What's, uh, what's kind of your basics as far as what you're taking in on a trip. You're, you're basically taking the same stuff that we take, Yep, but, you're not taking a weapon, you're not taking a bow, you're not taking that kind of stuff, but you are adding a bunch of camera gear. Right. Everything else is basically the same. Yep. But you're adding a bunch of camera gear and a lot of weight. Yeah, so um, like sleep system, the big Agnes uh, pad I'm using, same one as yours, and then I use a Stone Glacier uh, yeah. So bag. how do you like that pad first off? The pad, the pad has been great for me. You know, <laughs> I, I like it. I mean, it's held up well. And, yeah. um, 
yeah, I mean, I used it, we used it on a couple of late hunts too, and um, it did fine. So I know a lot of people say it's not insulated enough, right? Right. Like they get cold. Sure. <clears throat> um, and Brian says that, you know, Brian didn't like that pad at all. Right. I think he's using a thermarest. He is using maybe. a thermarest. Yeah. That. Um, I think, I don't know, maybe it's like boots. Um, it's like to each his own. I don't get cold on this pad. This pad sits like four and a quarter inches off the ground. Yeah. It's, it's really, you know, it's, there's, I think it takes me 21, 20 breaths to blow this pad up. So it's, it's, there's a lot of air in there. Um, it's been very comfortable for me, very durable. I know there's some guys that have had a bad experience with it, but I think that's with probably every brand, every, I mean, heck, Brian's had a numerous different pads pop on him. Yeah, that Thermarest. Thermarest. I mean, he popped a ton of holes in that thing last mm-hmm. time. Yeah, so we were on the same uh, sleep pad. I don't think it's rated for super cold, but I've never had an issue getting cold, even in those minus 20s. Maybe there's better pads. There probably is better pads, but um, I just don't see going out and buying a new one when I, I just don't have any issues with this one. So, yeah, that last, I mean, last winter we went on that hunt and it was really cold out and it was actually snow on the ground where a couple of times we were sleeping. And I mean, I could feel a little bit of chill, but I had that zero degree bag. So I'm guessing that probably helped a ton. And then you had the 15 degree bag and then wore a puffy suit inside yeah. of it so that probably like sealed that deal yeah wearing the puffy pants uh inside your sleeping bag <laughs> yeah it's money right? it's not a bad deal when you're in the minus temps at all yeah. um you can get away with taking a 15 degree bag when you have the puffy pants and the jacket when it's uh just really really cold so yeah um so yeah like you mentioned as far as the sleeping bag um i'm running that stone glacier chill coot 15 degree. I kind of run that 15 degree across the board. I I use it on these September hunts. I use it on those late season hunts. Um, now I would definitely go down to the zero degree on those late season hunts, Yeah, which uh, stone glacier has zero degree. That's what you're running. I run that quite a bit. Like most of the time, actually even in the spring, because I mean, it's pretty cold out and if it gets too hot, I just open it up, throw a leg out. Yeah. And again, I think to each his own, I sleep hot, so I don't need a really, really cold rated bag. Um, man, I, I just never get cold, even in the minus, uh, now I do throw the puffy stuff on, but some guys get cold when they're sleeping. Um, some guys just, I don't know, but I just don't. So the 15 degree works great for me. And like you, these September hunts, if it's hot, which this hunt we got coming up, it could very well be 70 degrees. Yeah. Or it could be 14 degrees, like yeah. it was this last week where we're going. Yeah. You just don't know. And um, you just open it up and um, and you're good. So uh, as far as what we're putting it on, I'm running a, it's it's kind of like a Tyvek sheet. I got it from uh, Seek Outside. It's kind of just some extra material. Yep. Um, it's kind of puncture resistant, which may be why I've never had holes in my pad. Uh, it's kind of a thicker, it's just a little bit thicker than a Tyvek. And I run that under there. It's a little bit oversized from my air mattress and, and that's what I'm running. I used to run just a, um, seek outside little tarp that was pretty big. It probably jetted out a foot on all sides of my pad, maybe even a little bit more. Um, 
even though I didn't have problems, I kind of figured though that tarp material is like a sill nylon, pine needles, pine cones, stuff that you just don't catch could give opportunity to put a hole in my pad, even though I never had it happen. Right. Um, so I went to a little bit thicker material trying to avoid, you know, a trip where that does happen. And, um, and I have to, uh, stay up all night like Brian Call does when his pad yeah, but he was stoking the fire all night, that so was it, was, perfect. it was perfect for me perfect and you. for us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think we're running the same there. I think um, we should talk about our shelter. I got a big pile of my gear just laid out in front of me here. Um, nothing has really changed as far as shelters go. We're, we're going to be, you and I are going to be in the Seek Cimarron. Uh, it is the expensive one it's the it's the one that's made out of dyneema or cuban fiber um gosh i think the the tent alone as it stands without the stakes or the pole it's only 1.5 pounds and we have so much space in that cimarron just for the two of us yeah and a stove um we've ran that thing hot weather cold weather you name it it just it's hard not to bring it. Yeah. Like we have some options to take a little smaller shelter and what save maybe five, six ounces of weight. Yeah. But then we're a little tight on space and if the weather has you pinned down and you're not able to like freely move around and sit up and be comfortable, it's just, just that it's just not comfortable. So why not bring the summer on? Why not bring this TP? that we've used on so many hunts. Yeah. It's, it, I think it's my favorite shelter for sure. Definitely mm. for two people. I think it works out perfect. Yeah. It goes up fast. It's lightweight, super durable, handles wind really well and bring the stove or don't bring the stove. It's good either way. Right. All right. Um, now we are also bringing, we have five guys on this trip. We have one of the guys going to run the little Eolus which is 12 ounce shelter. It's pretty big. It's like, um, basically a two man, uh, shelter floorless, but it's 12 ounces. It's ridiculously light. Um, Brock, who is a big guy, he's pretty tall. He's going to be running that. And then I think the other guys are going to be in that LBO, that little bug out shelter from seek as well. There's a lot of seek shelters going on on this trip. Um, so, uh, next, Let's talk about what do we have here? Um, geez, clothes. Uh, I've talked about the clothes kit quite often. Um, what's yours look like? Well, I'm going to run the stone kit. I'm going to run the Helio hoodie and then the de Havilland pants that zip down and open. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I'm always, I take my puffy on every hunt I ever go on. I never leave, no matter if it's midsummer or whatever, I throw my puff jacket in there. Um, I'm going to run some crispy Laponias. Love those boots. Um, they're, they're my favorite boots for sure. Um, only time I'd switch those up is if I was doing some late, later hunts. Right. I'm with you on that. Um, talking boots. Yeah. The Laponias, they're just so comfortable they're lightweight very waterproof um very good flex to them so they're not like most boots they're not like stiff they're not stiff at all so you know for guys that need a stiffer boot they need more like ankle support that kind of thing it's probably not the boot for you right but 
for guys that are real comfortable in just some running shoes and that's what you live in, uh, these boots fit the bill because they're really good for stocking animals. Um, soft soled. So the, the, you know, the rubber does wear away pretty fast off the bottoms, but they're very comfortable, very nice to hike in. And like I said, have like, it basically feels like you're in a really comfortable running shoe that is completely waterproof. It yeah. goes up over your ankle. So, um, by far my favorite boot and yeah, not insulated. So in the end, end of the season, it's not the best boot for that. Um, and, uh, I would probably go with something with a little bit of insulation in if you're hunting a place like Montana in November, <laughs> where you're ranging from 30 degrees to minus 20 or minus 40. Um, probably not the best boot for that, but yeah. For these hunts, that Laponia is money. Um, and I'm with you on the Puffy. Bring the Puffy everywhere. I run that stone as well. Love that thing. It's 11 ounces. Um, I have put mine through the paces. And you can see I put a few holes in it. All my fault. Um, an antler tip went through the arm there. Um, there's a few snags from brush or whatever. Uh, but... It's 11 ounces and it, I never have issues getting cold with it. Yeah, it's Too super warm. warm for sure. And, um, you know, before you kind of looked like you were homeless, but now it's looking better since you Isn't washed it? it a bit. Yeah. Gosh, I washed that thing. And I was like, man, it's like a new jacket. Yeah, it's sweet. I was thinking like, there's no way this thing is going to ever look the same. It was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty bad, but, um, washed it up. Looks yeah. like a brand new jacket yeah, just with good. a few patches on it. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, also rain gear, we are bringing rain gear on this one, just with the early weather that we've had so far, there's been some rain, there's been some snow, um, I'm going full suit, even bringing the pants on this one, um, uh, running that M5 rain gear. It's kind of a good, which is from stone. It's a good, like middle weight stuff. Uh, it's not too light and it's not too heavy that you don't want to pack it. Right. Um, I don't know. Are you running that same stuff? Same stuff. And okay. I, I mean, I always, I try to always bring rain gear. I mean, I just been on too many trips where mm -hmm. the weather turns and, um, you need it for sure. So yeah. in September, I mean, it can turn on you quick and it's when you least expect it. Like, especially on a 10 day trip, you can look at the forecast and see nothing but sunny, sunny skies. But on a 10-day or who knows, I mean, yep. by day four, that could change and it could just get miserable back there. So, um, yeah, I always at least have a top. This trip, where we're going, known to have some good early storms, uh, bringing both. It's pretty brushy. It kind of sucks not having the pants if you're moving through wet brush. Yep. I'm also running some gators um, on that trip or on this trip uh, just to kind of double do it and keep water from getting into my boots. But, um, all right. Other than that, you talked about inReach. You got an inReach this year? Yeah, I should have had one, I'm sure, a while back. But, um, yeah, the inReach is going to be sweet. I got a charger. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't, like, I try to keep it pretty basic, but um, SteriPen for water um, treatment. Yeah, I'm running a SteriPen again. Um, I wish I, could, wish I could tell you how many years I've ran that SteriPen, that classic. Yeah. Uh, started off with, I think it, I think they call it like an adventure or something like that. 
Didn't have very good luck with the Adventure Stary Pin when it first came out. Uh, the button would break on it. I think I blew through two of them. Um, then I went to the Classic and never had like any issues with water not being nuked, basically. Um, where it basically keeps anything that you're stirring up um, from reproducing so you don't get those blooms in your belly. I've uh, never had any issues, never had Giardia, Crypto, any any weird stuff like that. But um, the original SteriPan, I had issues with the buttons, so it quit on me. But then I got the Classic. Uh, that thing has worked for, gosh, I want to say five, six years, something like that. It's been great. And then I just switched out and went to this new one. I wish I knew what they called it. It's small, though. It's like half the size of the Classic. And it's so far, it's been great. Um not having to pack extra batteries, number one. So you just charge it. It's got a USB charger um, on there. So I can recharge while up there. I'll always have a dark energy or something to recharge it. Um, and it works great because the thing about the other Steri pins is you had to push a button and then kind of look to see, make sure those probes are in the water. You're kind of like looking down in your water bottle and trying to make sure it's going and all that. Um, this one, there's no buttons to push. You just put it into the water and it lights up green on the top, which means you're cooking. And then when it's done, it flashes, or I think it turns red and it basically tells you that it's over. Um, which is nice cause you can see it from the top. Yeah. I'm constantly looking over at mine to see, make sure it's working and yeah. And sometimes you're like still stirring. It's probably been off for a minute. Yep. Um, but this one tells you, and it's, I don't, again, I should know the ounce count on this thing, but it's super light. It's about half the size of that classic. So it's great. Um, so with that, like I mentioned, it's a, got a USB charger. Um, bring in two charging stations on this one. A couple of those Poseidons from Dark Energy. Uh, seems like everything is going the way of those little USB charging. I've got the inReach that I can use it with the phone, the Steri pen, um, what else? Headlights now. So not having to pack all those batteries and like you and I were talking about the battery thing. Like if you're buying lithium batteries and all your stuff's running off lithium batteries, I hate buying lithium batteries because they're a fortune, right? Yeah, they're expensive. By the end of the year, you burn through a lot of them. So I feel like this charging thing is, is a big benefit. Um, so I'm all in on that this year. I'm going to run everything through the charging station. So if you need power, just plug it in. Um, obviously, you do have to pack that extra weight with Poseidon, but it's better than having to buy batteries every trip. Yeah, and if you're running a Garmin or something like that, you're probably going to bring a charger anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know what I mean? It, it probably benefits to have for sure more charging deals. Yeah, the headlight's kind of a new thing for me. Trying out some new headlights this year. Um, these charging lights should be pretty slick, I figure. Uh, I'm back to running, bringing an extra light, James. I got two lights on me. I got the one that I'm <laughs> going to use, and uh, I've got an extra one in my pack. I run two as well. I used to take one, and then, you know, I had an incident where one failed, and I was stuck using my phone, and... Uh, I just think two is better. I mean, yeah. the light is a must-have in a lot of situations. If you get an animal down, if you got to get back to camp, 
Yeah. And kind of want, and I've had other people's too, where somebody else's has failed that we're with and I have too. So then they can use one of mine and it's like, I've had that happen too. Yeah. It's uh I have yet to have one fail, but I know it's coming. Like yeah. it's got to be coming. It's bound to happen. I'm about, I'm going to crush one or one's just going to fail. So I'm back to taking two. I went a long time in the beginning. I remember taking two all the time. And then I went to one just I became super weight Nazi about everything and then I realized I see a problem coming when this one breaks. I don't want to be like trying to get out with my cell phone, trying to use the light off my cell phone. That would right. be crappy. Um, and some of these, you know, inevitably we're always doing night packouts. Yeah. Sometimes we're running that light five, six, eight hours, you know, <clears throat> for sure. Um, last year on this, uh, a hunt just like this one. What time did we get back in after packing that bowl? I think we got into camp about 5 a.m. <laughs> it was right before sunrise. And so, then we got a couple hours of sleep before yep. the sun cooked us out of our tent. But, um, so, yeah, having a having a good light, having a backup is something I'm back to again. Um, <clears throat> if you think about the country we're in and like navigating is probably a huge risk in some of the stuff that we do, yeah. like being able to see and having a light is a must for some of the places that we're at. Yeah. Yeah. I bumped up my, uh, lumens too. I should know what this lumen is, but it's a lot brighter. Um, I'm always the guy that has like the weakest light. Yeah, the dim one. I don't like those either. <laughs> I like to be able to see. Uh, when you're in Grizz country, yeah. which we might be in Grizz country. Yep. Um, it's kind of nice to see those eyeballs way out there, right? Yes. Um, Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. And then, all right, going down the list, uh, you can see on my big pile of gear here, obviously a contractor bag. I think you're probably the same. I always take a contractor I take, bag. I take three of them usually. Yep. Um, it's like a 50, this one is a 55 gallon heavy duty. That thing covers anything. You can crawl in it if you want to ride out a storm. Um, other than that, looking at my stove, I'm playing around with some new stoves this year. Uh, I've always ran that Minimo. I've talked nothing but good, nothing but good things to say about the Minimo. It's got a big, you know, cooker to it. I've cooked a lot of meat in that thing. It toggles down. Um, playing with this new one and it's got the same thing. It really toggles down to where you can just simmer your food if you want to rehydrate it fast or if you want to cook some meat up, um, render some fat, whatever this stove, um, hopefully we'll see. I'm not going to talk too much about it until I've had a lot of use on it, but we'll see how it goes. I've had quite a few days in the mountains with it already and it's performed pretty good, but, um, want to make sure that it's as good if, or better than the mini mill before we start talking about it. For sure. Um, other than that, I got a little Sea to Summit cup for my coffee. Got to have the coffee. I run that little GSI coffee filter. Um, it's like a pour over. Yeah, I've seen that last couple of trips I've done with you. Yeah, I use that a ton. 
and you don't have to suffer through like a real garbage cup of dehydrated coffee you can use real coffee yeah so um i'll just before a trip it's 10 days i'll take 10 scoops maybe a few extras um and just take really good you know good flavored coffee that you drink at home and then you can just do a pour over while you're up there and uh, i just bring a little tiny stevia packets to run into that coffee and that's it and that is um why I bring that cup. It's the only reason I bring that cup. Uh, oh, I do use it for some bone broth as well. Other than that, game bags. So um, I've got a set of nine right here of those Graxaw game bags. I don't think you're going to find a lighter weight set of game bags out there. Um, small companies, great guy. And uh, They've been really well for us. They're extremely lightweight. People are always pretty surprised when like they pick up the whole set and how light it is, comparable yeah. to other. Yeah, there's some other ones that are pretty heavy. They are. Yeah, and it's just not needed. Like, there's not a lot of extra material here. This is basically for boning out meat. Yep. Uh, it's not for packing hindquarters out. Um, it's not the game bag for that. It's for boned out meat, <clears throat> and so you're not. You don't have a lot of extra bag. Um, they all get filled. I think he, I think he says it's about 40 pounds or so per bag. Um, so I've got nine of them, and that covers everything um, elk-wise. Uh, let's see. Other than that, this trip, oh, back to the jet boil style cooker, um, fuel, 10-day trip, one big canister. Yeah. What is that per ounce? What is the ounce count on that one? Is that an eight? I'm not sure. I think it is an eight. I think the small ones are four, right? Yeah. And then this one's an eight. So um, I just got back from a 10-dayer for Brian and I, and we used one eight-ounce canister, and we shared the same cooker. And um, that was both of us using that one canister. We got 10 days out of it, 11 days out of it, and still had a little extra. And that's cooking mornings and nights yeah i cook a lot i heat up a lot of water <clears throat> but i've yet to really run out of fuel but i'm always on the cautious side like i bring I you just never want to right yeah always i like don't even want to think about running out of fuel yeah, like no coffee or yeah <laughs> so i think you and i both for this trip we each got a big stove so yeah we'll be more than covered for our 10 days back there um i used to pack way too much and i'll still throw an extra small one in there yeah. if we're gonna be High on the hill, mountain snow, certain time of year. Yep, mountain snow will do that. I mean, it takes quite a bit of fuel to melt the snow and get yeah. water, but it beats hiking down for sure. Absolutely. Um, other than that, uh, water storage, running those hydro packs. This specific trip, I was kind of vary how many I bring. I think we all carry those three liter hydro packs. Yep, they're kind of a darker gray color, black color. And they're nice tubes, so they fit in most pockets, like a spotter pocket or a back pocket on a stone pack. They're great for that. Um, but then I also, on this one, I have a four liter, which fits great in the back pocket as well. Um, so I've got capacity for seven and then whatever I put in my, my water bottle. So I've got a lot of opportunity to bring a bunch of water to where, where we're planning on camping. Yeah, I bring two of the three liters as well. Yeah. It just keeps us from having to go back yep. and grab water 
um, all the time, which and can be quite a pain. Yep, and they pack down super small and they're light when you're not when you don't have any water in them. So I mean, it definitely good to bring them. It's uh, a plus for sure. Yep, water bottle. Um, it's kind of a Nalgene style uh, using that GSI. See, you got one. I got one too, yeah. Because, you know, the, I forget which trip we went on, but I was drinking like warm water because it was all sunny. Mm-hmm. And then uh, your guys' was staying warm or uh, staying cool. Mm-hmm. And then if you put like warm liquid in it, it stays warm. So I was yeah. like, man, it's, and it, they're pretty light. So I moved to one of those too. Yeah, it's a little bit of a sacrifice. Like you do add a few ounces. Yep. Going from like I used to run that collapsible hydropack style big mouth top to it. And that thing was great if you're going for just minimal, right. minimal, minimal. But when the weather's cold, yeah, the water freezes. My water was, that was another thing. My water was freezing on one hunt mm-hmm. and mine would be like solid in the morning. Your guys's was still good. Right, right. Yeah. Something you don't have to worry about. And then obviously when the weather's hot and you want a cold drink, you're drinking <clears throat> warm water after yeah. that thing. Whereas this has just the right amount of insulation in it. It's not like a real big heavy thing. It's surprisingly light. Yeah. Um, and GSI makes that, I think it's a, what is it? GSI ultralight or uh, micro light, micro light. Yeah. So, um, still using that thing. This is year two on it and I will happily pack the extra few ounces to take that. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's just something that I've gone to. I've added weight to my pack to, to bring that along. Cordage, uh, again, we might be in high populous grizzly bear country yeah. so we're bringing extra cordage this year i think last year we were a little bit skimpy on what we brought um just some 550 cord or whatever i think i've got a hundred feet with me um and that should cover hanging the meat and also um a little 30 foot section for putting your food up every night yeah because we'll be putting that away from camp aways and yeah <laughs> in bear country for sure <clears throat> well and what's weird about like hanging stuff you always think ah, it's not going to take that much cordage but some areas how hard is it to find like it, a hanging tree it is and this it's area that we're butt. going to it's an old burn those can be some of the worst areas to try to find a hanging tree yeah and sometimes you got to go really high just to find a strong enough branch yeah and get it out you know um and so, yeah, extra cordage sucks to pack, but um, it's it's sucks even worse when you're out and you need to hang meat and get it up off the ground. Um, otherwise, you're trying to heave ho like these really heavy, heavy bags bags <laughs> up there, and that that's kind of rough. Um, what else we got here? So, got a couple of little kit sacks where Medikit. How's your medical kit looking, James? It's pretty skimpy. <laughs> it should be better. Um, I say that every year. Like, yeah. I should have a better one. I've got some bandages in there, some band-aids, some alcohol wipes. Um, yeah, not Similar. much. Yeah, I've got some like wound seal in there, bandages, little extra thing of gauze, um, a little wrap uh, for like a knee or whatever. Um got some uh what else do i got in there oh i got a uh beasting kit so got an 
uh, EpiPen. Got an EpiPen. That's good. Just in case. Uh, I haven't been stung in how many years now? Has it been 30? <laughs> better knock 32 some wood. years I haven't been stung yeah. by a bee. But 32 years ago when I did get stung, I had a nice ambulance ride. And uh, so I will walk on water to get away from those dang things now. And it's it's uh, kept me from getting stung. But one of these days I'm going to get stung in the elk woods because I always run into bees back there. Yeah. Just been really lucky. But got to carry that. Um, what else do I have in that kit? Uh, not much. Like you said, some alcohol wipes, bandages, wrap. Um, I've got some Advil aspirin stuff that's been in there for way too long. I, I just got rid of my, I need to, I need to re-up on the yeah. way out, but I usually bring some Benadryl. I've got a pile of Benadryl that kind of goes in combo with the EpiPen. Yep. The Benadryl is the most important. Um, yeah. If you get stung or have an anaphylactic episode or yep. whatever. I started taking that pretty quick. Yeah. So I've got a lot of that in there. Um, I've got a little bit of the iodine tabs in that kit just in case I have some type of failure. I smashed my SteriPen. Um, got those in there to kind of, you know, help. <laughs> Don't want to be drinking dirty water, especially on a 10 day or. Uh, I didn't bring any of those, but I figured I'll just use your SteriPen if mine breaks. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's a nice thing. Everybody's probably going to have one, so we're probably pretty well covered. Uh, a couple of painkillers in there that, again, I've had in there for probably way too long, but they're in there. And that's about it. It's a pretty, pretty weak kit. Pretty minimal. I know there's guys that have really like <laughs> extravagant ones yeah they got a lot of stuff yeah they kind of have everything covered um um i do have a little suture kit in there it's tiny but it's something i've never had to use it fortunately uh, but again i think that day could come <laughs> you never know never know for sure so um and then my other little kit sack here which is a sack from Western Binds. I kind of like them. They're like a four-way stretch. They're pretty slick. Um, and it's just got all the electrical stuff. It's got my charging cords. It's got the dark energy. It's got all my fire starter stuff. Um, I've got a bunch of, you know, Vaseline cotton balls and some of this rope stuff that burns really, really good for starting fires. Also got some of that pyro putty. I kind of got a little bit of everything for starting fires. And uh, gosh, what else do I have in there? Uh, I went to that, went to a different kind of lighter and playing with this. I've got a regular lighter, but I'm trying one of those, what do they call them, like an arc lighter? Yeah. Pyro putty makes it. I don't know. Somebody was ranting and raving about it. So I used it on this last trip. It worked really well. And again, it charges off your charging station off a usb cord as well which is kind of crazy that a lighter does that but it's just like this little arc and um and it starts fires really good so playing with that and that's about it i think um let's see what else i got here i got a phone scope pair of wool gloves i'm not going extravagant on the gloves usually once we hit October, I'm always going to throw a pair of leather mitts in there. I just don't feel like we're going to need the mitts on this one. They are pretty heavy. They are. Um, I got a pair of mitts too, but I don't. I don't. I won't be taking mine on this one either. Yeah, they're great. Mitts are the best when you got cold weather. Um, 
that's just that just solves all your cold finger problems. Yeah. If uh, if you wear a tight glove, you're probably going to have cold hands. Um, what else we got? Anything? Um, let's see. I always take a beanie. Yeah. Um, kind of beanie. I always take a headband because I sweat like crazy. So I have this deal, either a cutoff sleeve or like a headband I put on my head. Like a buff. Like a buff. Yeah. And I always, I can use it as a neck gaiter too. So. Right. I always take one of those. Um, one good thing I always forget I'm take I'm going to take this time is chapstick because for sure it can be brutal out yeah. there. Gotta have that. Yeah. Um, other than that, like the clothing system, mine is, tends to always be the same. This hunt is, I'm assuming this hunt is going to be hot weather. That's so what it looks like you're going to run those stone pants. I'm on the fence. I love those stone pants and I wear them all the time, but they're kind of a they're cold, heavy. cold weather. Heavy. Yeah. Um, they do have the side zip. So I'm going to probably just wear a pair of piranha pants on this one. They're really quiet for stocking in on a bow hunt. Um, as much as I love those, uh, those stone pants, they're not quiet. They're not for archery hunts. They're tough. You know, if you're calling a bull into you, great. But as far as like getting in on one, the brush rubbing against them, they're just not made for that loud. They're more of a rifle hunting pant. So, um, I'll probably end up wearing a pair of piranhas, something that I can actually like spot and stock in and, and get in on them. Um, other than that, it's always the same. It's a Merino base layer and then a hoodie using that Helio hoodie. And then I've got the stone puffy and then a rain jacket. And that pretty much takes care of all your, everything you need for hot weather all the way through some ridiculously cold weather. Yeah. With those four layers, I don't, I just don't get cold. No, you're pretty all. much, you're covered. Yeah. And then, um, that just eliminates packing all these extra sweatshirts and extra, extra clothing that usually never finds its, it's way out of your body. Yep. Um, and I think that pretty well covers it. There's probably some little things that we didn't talk about, but that's kind of the gist of it. Yeah. I think we're pretty much the same as far as the pack. Food is a whole different animal. Um, you know, we're both taking in about 20 pounds of food on this one. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're taking ho-hos and Twinkies <laughs> and I'm taking fruit and vegetables. Uh, you know, truth be told, I'm not much of a chocolate guy, man. I like, I'm the no. gummy dude. You're, I love gummies. You love gummies yeah. and you love, uh, honey stingers. The honey stingers. I do, I do do the honey stinger waffles and I do the honey stinger gummies too. They're really good. Yeah. Those um, things are good. They're really good. I hate that they're so good. <laughs> it is nice to have that, a little bit of, of goodness out they're there. They're loaded with sugar, but they're really good back there. <laughs> they are. And um, we work really hard back there, so I usually don't feel too bad about no. eating whatever I carry. You'd feel guilty if you just ate them out here yeah. too much, but back there. Yeah, I think, um, like, I, I've got sugars in mine. Mine's more like fruit, um, a lot of dehydrated fruit, a lot of melons and um gosh pineapples a lot of bananas dehydrated yep. i got a big old bag each day of just dehydrated fruits and then some leathers with um you know the apple and the sweet potato yeah i, I usually um 
<clears throat> I love dehydrated fruit too. I like dehydrated pineapple a ton. Um, we tried to make some leathers. They were a little bit thicker. I don't know. Mm. I ate them, of course, but I don't know if they, tr- they didn't turn out like yours because I've had yours. I've noticed. Yeah, some guys are struggling on the leathers. I think what it is is maybe not add enough water when you puree it. Yeah. And so you're having to spread it on versus it just kind of like laying out on the tray for you. Gotcha. Because what you should, you should puree it to the point you added enough water to where it's, it's still got some thickness, but it's still liquid enough to where you can dump it out on your silicone tray on the dehydrator and then just kind of shuffle that tray around and it all just lays out even. Gotcha. I'm guessing that was the problem because it was, it was like thick. Yeah. A little bit too thick. Yeah. I noticed a lot of guys are struggling with those leathers and I think that's the answer. I think that's why it's just a little bit too thick, not enough water added when they put it through the, uh, food processor. So, but those are still one of my favorite, favorite snacks of the day is, is just that. So yeah, they're good. Um, yeah, breakfasts we've talked about, it's either Heather's choice. It's either an off grid, man. Have you tried, um, the off grid breakfast scramble? I haven't no. Okay. It's good. I usually, I had never found, um, like a, a morning dehydrated or it's freeze dried breakfast scramble. That was really good, but man, they knocked it out of the park on that one. It's really, really, it's got like sausage in it and peppers and eggs taste good. The whole thing is good. That's cool. Cause yeah, I've never found one that I really like either, but I'll have to try one of those. I know I've had quite a few of the off grid ones and they're, they're super tasty. I like them a lot. Yeah. No, they're putting out some good stuff. Um, and, you know, I'm just doing a mix of our own foods, a mix of some Heather's Choice meals, some Heather's Choice breakfasts, some of her and some off-grid stuff. And then all our stuff, it's kind of a happy medium between what we make and then what we're uh, supplementing with uh, those two companies. So, yeah, I like Heather's Choice, too. It's really good. Yeah. All good, clean food, except for your honey stingers. And, and top ramen. And your ramen. My ramen. Always um, bring enough ramen. You have a ramen every day. I bring one every day. I don't necessarily eat one every day, but I bring one because <laughs> sometimes we stay over our allotted time. I think I heard you. Yeah, it's true. And then um, if we don't and I got to dump them, like I won't dump Heather's Choice. You know, I'll carry those things out, but yeah, Heather's I'll Choice dump are expensive. You don't want to dump Heather's Choice <laughs> no. and cry, yep. but you don't feel bad about dumping or I'll, burning like a 35 cent top ramen. Nope. I'll dump the noodles out and yep. And it's not a big deal. So for sure. Yeah, it kind of works. <laughs> the other question I get a lot is how I carry my camera gear. And so if my camera, when I'm obviously during the day, I'm always, I always have it out on my camera, uh, my cotton carrier system, like on the outside of my pack, but like extra camera or lenses, they just get wrapped up in a puffy jack and thrown in my pack. Cause a lot of, a lot of times guys are, I think they're worried about their gear, which I understand that for sure. But, um, yeah, if you're backpacking, you're probably not going to be able to carry another, you know, case or something to carry that extra gear. So right. I usually throw my extra lenses and my extra gear in my pack wrapped up in a jacket or a puffier clothes. And then I have my camera gear in like a big Ziploc kind of organized throughout of, you know, other filters, polarizing filters, um, you know, lens, pens, uh, 
cleaning cleaning stuff and blowers and all that kind of stuff in there and and, uh, and i always run a cover too so when the weather gets nasty i put a cover on my camera and i just continue shooting the whole time because right makes for good photos yeah you're always taking a lot of pics when the weather gets really really bad which yeah. is i think when <laughs> most guys want to put their camera away yeah but the other thing i noticed with you is you're always cleaning like you're always cleaning the lens um, you're pretty diligent about <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, always. I'm on top of it. It's like, a, so for me, that's, I'm just focused on what I'm doing and I just go, you know, cleaning the, cleaning my lens and just making sure there's nothing on it. Right. But yeah. Just shooting all the time pretty much. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Um, oh, one other piece. Hey, what'd you bring for a knife this time, James? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking that new goat knife actually. Are you? Yeah. It's got the disposable blades and actually I'm taking one of Ryan's cause I, I have one, yeah, but are. I didn't bring it. I didn't want to bring it. You lost it. your benchmate privileges. Yeah. I lost so that one a long time ago. Now we're going to see how you handle a goat knife. If you lose it, I should have gave you a bright orange one. I think, I think one of those ones that you wear around your neck. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think I'll lose that one. should have done that. It's tough to lose. Yeah, it is. But yeah, those replaceable goat knives. That's, I forgot to talk about that. Um, I've kind of gone to the goat knives. Um, they've got a fixed blade one now too. Yeah. Uh, looks sweet. I think they call it a tur. T-U-R. Yeah, I think so. Um, carbon pro or whatever. Uh, use that this last trip. That thing just holds an edge. Great. It's a great knife. It, goes in a sheet that you put around your neck similar to that um altitude from benchmade yep. that i've worn the last few years great knife uh travis and watney over there goat knives he's um he started building these and uh i think people are pretty impressed with them started we used them all through the um spring hunts and yeah and they're great you know that capper hunter the replaceable blade knife is great super lightweight it's functional it's got a little area that you can keep a couple of um, little couple tool kits, uh, a couple tool pieces that you can either adjust your bow, fix your bow, um, and uh, or your rifle, whatever. So it's nice to have those on there, and they slip into the end of the knife there, so you can use it as a tool to, to work on your bow or work on your your scope, whatever, uh, depending on what hunt you're on. So little bit of extra function with those with those knives but um yeah i've only used the the fixed blade from uh that tur or whatever they call it uh, on this last trip and that it, it worked great it's all that and i feel like it's a little bit more than the altitude that i ran from benchmade it's got a longer like sharp tip on it um and it just seems to work that much better yeah, I need to get one of those because those that's when you wear around your neck, so mm -hmm. you won't lose it. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot sharper point, so when you're jabbing it back into that sheath around your neck, yeah. you really want to think about it. Yeah, you like want to be careful. Making sure it's hitting the sheath. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good idea for sure. So, um, other than that, what do you think? We covered it? Yeah, I think we covered it pretty well. Man, that's a long podcast. That's like 54 minutes. Really? Of I know. It's, it, was, it seemed like it, was, it went pretty well. Yeah. Well, I'm ready to go chase bulls around the mountain. So, um, one more night tonight, and then we head down tomorrow into the Elk Woods, and it's going to be pretty hot and heavy. We got this one and then right into another one. Hopefully, we get back and we're able to cut up some meat, 
and um, get that in the freezer and then go right back into um, another elk hunt. We've got two elk tags this year, so hoping to fill them both if we're lucky and, uh, and we play it right, but we're going to give it heck. So with that, um, I don't know if we'll ever do another podcast without Hillary again, <laughs> but um, this one seemed to work out okay. Yeah, it did all right. Mm. All right. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.